Hey, good afternoon. Good morning, everybody. Adam, how's it going? I'm your host of the live stream today, or at least your co-host. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed. This is the Rebel News Daily live stream, and that is my friend in Calgary, Adam Sos. Adam, once again, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. No complaints whatsoever. How about yourself? I'm doing great. I had not seen the new COVID warning on the front of the live stream before, and it's eerie and creepy and perfect. Like, the mm -hmm. other one was obnoxious because we were sort yeah. of fighting back against the obnoxiousness of youtube making us put these warnings on stuff but that other one is eerie and weird yeah i, I like it i really like i like it. it too and it's a little less jarring like the other thing was kind of an alarm clock that i'm about to get to talk with everybody on the live stream but this is a little more a little more chill i appreciate that are those new yeah. glasses sheila no i have a desk no. full of glasses that i can't ah. wear and so I always just grab the first one that's on the top of the pile mm. before I start. But then I was like, you know what? I have the, all these other glasses that I'm not sure if I like them or not. So I'll wear them and I'll figure it out. They look great. Uh, but thank like you them. for noticing. Oh, thanks. Um, there's so much to talk about. We we normally, everybody at home, we do prepare for these uh, streams. And we do have a little meeting before we go live. Um, but there is just so much to yeah. talk about. Um, and I try to get to everything that is in the uh YouTube headline, because if we don't, then I get emails. Um, and I really want to talk about how Trudeau keeps being weird. So before we get to that, I should tell everybody what we're doing without going into too much detail because we get emails about that too. So this is the Rebel News, Rebel News Daily live stream. Um, Adam and I are hosting today, but it gives you an opportunity to support the work that we do completely willingly if you are avoiding the censorship of YouTube. And I'll get to that in a second. So we stream on YouTube, but as I sort of alluded to when I remarked about our COVID warning, there are certain things on YouTube that we can't talk about. So if we get into like the red zone, we might have to cut the YouTube feed. But the good news is we're also streaming on other platforms. We're on Getter, but we're also on Rumble, Odyssey, and SuperU. And the beauty of Rumble, Odyssey, and SuperU, besides not caring about our politics, is that they give you the opportunity to support the work that we do. Unlike with the CBC, where Justin Trudeau makes you support them against your will and makes you pay for content, you would never willingly watch. I think you're watching us out of your own free will. And if you feel so inclined to help us keep the lights on, you can do something called a rumble rant. That's their paid chat. If you send us one of those, we'll read it on air. Um, an Odyssey hyper chat. There's a couple different ways that you can do that, including using cryptocurrency. And again, that's their paid chat. We'll read it on air and uh, a super you shout. So if you send us one of those, it helps support the work that we do, but it also democratizes the show because it puts you in charge for a minute. And it, uh, you know, it gives us a break from talking about the, the things that we've decided to talk about and you can sort of take the show in your own direction. So if you want to do that, that's great. Uh, the, our producers will send them to us and we'll read them on air. And I think that's all the nuts and bolts out of the way. Um, let's talk about Justin Trudeau. Adam, you're married, yeah. I'm married. Um, I think our respective spouses, yours is lovely, but mine has his own idiosyncrasies, but not quite like the, the Trudeaus. The, they're, they're a weird pair. Am I right? You know, they, it's just so weird. Like you literally read this message and my immediate response is like, nice. 
you know, like, I mean, I'm not, I just, I don't hate anyone on a malicious level. So I'm like, oh, you're sending a nice message. Like there's been some rumors, things are on the rocks, a nice message. But then like the image below is just these like swings with masks on in a dungeon. It's absolutely haunting. I, as soon as I saw this and I was like, maybe I shouldn't, but I, I put it on and I put it on my Twitter. I added like the black mirror logo to the bottom yeah. of this image. Cause it just looks like some sort of dystopic, like your children may not be able to go to the park with others, but they can go to the basement swings. Like it, it's so bizarre and weird. I, I imagine this is probably one of, there you go. Yeah. The black <laughs> mirror episode, <laughs> it looks like one. I imagine this might be one of those like selfie type places where you go and do this, but it, it just like, why do they always have a photographer? Like, my wife and I don't have a photographer following us around. Why not have like a nice, wholesome family picture or something sensible? This is like framed like a Wes Anderson film. It's the most inorganic, like, like laid out weird thing. I don't know. Yeah. I just look at this and it's just a real feast for the eyes and I can't process it all at once. Like, I don't know if this is a sex dungeon or what <laughs> I I'm too far into serial killers for my own good. So that's yeah. like immediately where my head went. Is this a dungeon? What is this? Why are they married? Are they holding hands there? I can't remember because I was too distracted by everything else. Like the yeah, paint on the walls. I they're holding hands. Yet let's wearing check. Masks. Okay, they are. Yeah. It's hard to imagine. So they're holding hands, but they're wearing masks. They're yeah. married to each other, so they would have us believe they live in the same house, although I'm willing to hear arguments for and against that um, inference. They're both, I think, immune. So they're both like double or triple vaccinated, but they're both also immune. Like they have yeah. natural immunity because they think they both got COVID. Um, I, and why is she wearing high heels on a swing set? There's just so much here. I can't, yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah, I. It, it's That's so weird. And I mean, added. again, I, the only way that this makes sense is, and I'm get, trying to give this, uh, this is me giving Justin Trudeau as much credit as I can. They were at, on a date at like a museum or a selfie place that has a mask policy. Um, and that kind, and therefore heels make sense. And, but then like, you don't pick this picture as your intimate anniversary or whatever picture, like you're like, I definitely want the one where her face is entirely covered and you can't tell who it is really. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Let's remember I mean, this uh, forever, honey. Like it's just, yeah. I don't know. I just like get your kids stand in front of a tree, take a picture be yeah. normal. Why can't these people just be normal? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah no, none of their pictures. It's like you look at Catherine McKenney, you look at any of these other people, none of them post like normal pictures that people post. Like, hey, can you take this picture or like a selfie or those types of things? Like, none of them do this. It's always like this lit produced ridiculous fanfare with no sort of organic homey feel to it. They I think the same person would have posted a picture normal. of the family. Yeah, picture the family or an intimate moment or like wedding day photo. No, yeah. Black Mirror swings. <laughs> and uh, then I, I can't, I can't wait for the conspiracies though, because someone is going to say it's Photoshop. I can't wait for someone to do analysis that they weren't actually in the same room and the hands don't. <laughs> 
I wouldn't be surprised. That would not be any weirder than this photo itself. It wouldn't be any weirder. It would be just about right. Uh, We should Mm. talk about Elon Musk. Yeah. Uh, Sounds like the Twitter uh, board is reconsidering his offer. I think it's 56 bucks a share or something like that. Uh, They are now reconsidering his hostile takeover. Um, which is great. And again, I reiterate my position. I don't care if Twitter survives. Um, and I don't care if Elon Musk makes it fun again, but it cannot continue the way it is. So if they want to resist him and he destroys it, if he buys it and throws it in the garbage can because he's a crazy billionaire, also fine. I don't care. But boy, I'm sure if he invites Donald Trump back. Yeah. It's going to be great. The, uh, the, it was interesting, the whole, like, I think it was Goldman Sachs doing, they hired them to say that 5460 or 5420, whatever it was, uh, 420 is yeah. probably in there somewhere if it's Elon Musk. <laughs> um, but if if they, they, they hired them to say that these shares weren't, it wasn't a valid price for the shares and there's growth and all this stuff. And he just tweeted a very recent uh, document where they said they're worth 30 bucks and that would be a good bid. Um, this very much has all the earmarks of the liberals on Keystone XL right now, where the board yeah. is like, wait a minute, like there's not really a rational justification for this. And I think more than the whole Twitter thing itself as a public square I think what this has done is revealed how ideological the control mechanisms are. Like, this isn't even about Twitter. This is Elon Musk being like, here's twice what your company's worth. And they're like, we don't care. It's the same thing. You look at some of these things. I saw someone tweeting about this on the weekend. Like Disney's lost something like $50 billion over their woke activism. And in like a free market or capitalism, the top board members would be like, you're fired. Stop right now. But that, that, it's not about money. It's not about activism. And like Elon Musk is one of the first people with the, enough money to be able to show the world that that's happening as well. Thanks for pulling that up so fast. But they, they've lost $50 billion in value since that began. People are canceling left, right, and center, big drops in their stocks. Um, and similarly with Twitter, this whole thing has just made so utterly apparent. And you can see with like Wall Street uh, Journal posts where they're when Bezos bought them, it was all like, this is great. And then when uh, Musk goes to buy something because he's not a woke activist, they're like, this is the worst thing ever. And it's like oligarchs controlling the media. Um, it, it's it's revealed and under and flipped over this this rock. And we're seeing everything scurrying around underneath it uh, in, a, in a way we wouldn't have seen if not for Elon Musk and his crazy money. Yeah, th- I mean, this is the perfect summation of this. The company will neither thrive nor serve this social imperative in its current form. Um, He said that Twitter's current leadership team is incapable of getting the company's stock to his offer price on its own, but stopped short of saying it needs to be replaced. People can make that inference on their own. Um, If you are a shareholder of Twitter and the Twitter board is stonewalling your ability to have a share price that this billionaire is offering you over and above, you should be saber rattling for their firing because that's their only job is to protect your share value and grow the company. And we've seen it become their only job is to keep their job. They don't do much. They get paid their $300,000 a year. So they don't want to see that evaporate. But I think on a fundamental level, like Elon Musk is very sort of interesting because i wouldn't say he's necessarily on side on a lot of issues he's he's kind kind of like he's the joker he's like he just wants to watch all burn but also wants to get to space um so he's very he's very interesting in that regard but i think he understands that 
that the majority of Twitter is people having angry arguments and that's where its value is. Um, and eradicating half of that conversation is bad for business. So I actually think that this is beyond just a philosophical sentiment. Everyone who's saying they're leaving Twitter are going to be on Twitter and arguing more. More people are joining Twitter. People who've left Twitter are coming back to Twitter to engage in this whole thing. Um, the liberals won't leave, just like they didn't leave the United States when Donald Trump won the election and they said they would. They'll be there rallying. They'll throw more funding into activists being on Twitter. And you'll just see it probably descent into more madness than there was before. But that's what the public square is meant to be. People arguing and uh, without threatening each other with violence, calling each other nasty names like... That, that's what social media generally is. Twitter's tried to eradicate that. They haven't tried to eradicate that to make it a pleasant place. They've done it to have it be a unilateral uh, mentality and, and suggest falsely to people out there, uh, much like the CBC, that they're, oh, here's the mainstream narrative and no one disagrees with it. Um, Elon Musk is like, no, people disagree. So let's have them have a place where they can throw mud. And we can it's make money on it. It's interesting to see the freak out too, where you just see all these people threatening to leave Twitter if Musk takes it over. Inconsequential people, but also important people too. And I just think, you threatening me with a good time? Like, yeah. <laughs> all I do all day long is mute people screaming at me in my mentions. And that's the point. Scream mm. me all you want. I don't even block these people. I let them yeah. see what I'm saying yeah. because I know I am so irritating to them that I take some gratification out of the fact that they can see what I'm saying. But they also know that I don't care. And I don't think I should be punching down at certain people either. Um, but the second that their little safe zone might be interrupted by the ability for other people to have the same, I don't know, I, I don't want to say rights because it's not rights on a platform, but the same access to a platform yeah. that you do, they have a conniption. Well, and uh, like, I think that there is actually a philosophical sort of conversation to be had uh, there's a distinction between like let's say a utility company and something that has become a de facto sure um like public square uh, and like mm -hmm. during the during the early onset of sort of aqueducts it was a very sort of privatized very elite rich few could have it now we're like oh well, that's a utility everyone has access to i think we're in that sort of threshold within technology where some sure. of these platforms start to be considered sort of utility based and the city can't be like oh well because of your political views we're turning off your water now is is an opinion as valid as or as you vital can't have as water access to banking you can't have yeah, access exactly. to banking yeah. because of your political yeah. views i think we're there yeah yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I, I, there is a conversation I think to be had as to, to what extent that needs to be per, uh, like permitted or, and, and upheld even within private companies. Cause they're the fact of the matter is, is there are laws that are in place that hold private companies accountable. They can't do whatever they want. You can't be overtly racist. You can't be shutting people's water off. Well, you, you couldn't, or they're banking off because of political opinions, as long as they weren't uh, malicious. Well, Hey, that changed. So we're on that slippery slope. So. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it, it takes us into the Florida conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to be treated as a utility or as your own governing city-state, as Disney uh, World has been, then if you want those the the privileges that come with that distinction, then you have to operate a certain way. And I think that's that's where we're at with a lot of these social media companies. If you are acting as a utility, then you have to treat people as though you are a, a utility. You can't have it both ways. Like with Disney World, 
all that happened to Disney World is thanks to Governor Ron DeSantis is that they are treated like everybody else, <laughs> every other yeah. company operating within the state of Florida. And you have lefties screaming that, you know, the, the lefties who used to cry about, um, you know, maybe big businesses should pay their fair share of taxes. Disney World's gonna, so settle down. Yeah. They're gonna have to now, but they're having a conniption. It's very weird to see lefties uh, arguing for big pharma, for big business mm -hmm. to have tax yeah. breaks. It's weird, right? <laughs> that was the next point I was gonna make, and you, you, you segued into it perfectly, and we'll talk about DeSantis, and we'll, we'll show that Florida clip shortly, but I, the thing that I found absolutely amazing is the, like, critical leftists who are apprehensive about big pharma or were into organic aka farmers before hippies came along um yeah. but all of these all of these sort of the things that were maybe semi-appealing or interesting about progressives and the left um those people are all attending the protests and they're conservatives now and they're like ah the ndp and liberals betrayed us i guess we'll vote for this guy and even some of the candidates we'll talk a little bit later about joseph Borgo, but like some of them some of their talking points they're very conservative even socially conservative fiscally conservative but then they're like they go off about like preventative health care and organic foods it's so interesting to see that segment of the progressives leave uh, the progressive wing doesn't even seem to be or the left wing whatever you want to call them they don't even really particularly seem to have an identity beyond outrage like they're just what like whatever the government tells me whatever netflix and the biggest corporations tell me um that plus like a sprinkle of outrage that's our identity there's it's hard to find a unifying factor among them because they're so fluid uh, there's there's no core principles there really anymore. The people with principles on the left come to the right and they're trying to have the right espouse some of their principles. Some of them aren't necessarily in conflict either. Yeah, it's weird. It's the I think the ethos of the left now is the everything the government should control it and pay for it. And if you hurt my feelings, I want the government to drop the hammer on you instead of just turning yeah. and walking away. It, everything requires government control and government yeah. funding. It's sickle and antithesis. hammer. Yeah, exactly. It's the antithesis of freedom um, yeah. with regard to everything. They've ceded control over everything, even their thought and speech to the government in exchange yeah. for uh, the government paying for it all. Well, I know, I know intelligent people who who are sort of blocked into the left. And even on some issues that we can't talk about on YouTube, they're no longer in line with the with the public officials on those issues. They're staying back in the most extreme strengthened position of that argument. I'm, do I'm dodging YouTube to the best of my ability here. Yeah. But but they're they're like like the mainstream has moved away from that and they're like no we're gonna stay in this like ideological extreme because um, they're so contrarian like if if ron DeSantis or trump or you or i or whoever it may be anyone with a conservative thought espouses a position uh jk rowling etc they'll just be opposed to it because yeah it can be the most sensible position on earth but their position is just to be opposed to it but yeah i think on a fundamental level um all these people coming from countries that they saw communism set in and they saw the sort of warning signs for that they're like well that's what's happening in society now and then people are like well no 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 you don't know what you're talking about i'm like actually we're pretty privileged they do know what they're talking about the people who escape that um and it is a mounting trend of go along with, and it isn't even go along with me or respect me. It's go along with the state and respect the state or be canceled. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I don't know, maybe uh, Efron or Olivia can bring it up. I know this is probably a kind of obscure reference, but I today in response to, I mean, it's just like Governor DeSantis threw a rock into a pond and everything is just rippling out from there and exposing people along the way. So yeah. I guess maybe we should give some context for people who have just listened to us have a conversation but really don't know what we're talking about. So Governor DeSantis passed a law. Um, the left calls it the don't say gay law, even though it does it's not in there at all. It's like a seven-page bill. Read it. You won't find it in there. Um, but, you know, reading a seven-page bill feels like a lot of hard work that liberals aren't willing to do. So anyways, he passes a law that says, look, you can't talk to, uh, you know, up to age eight you can't talk to them about sex and gender. Let them be little kids for a long time. And their parents don't want you to do this. So yeah. they don't care. The parents don't want you talking to their kids about what you did with your same-sex partner over the weekend. They don't want it. Teach them how to teach them cursive. You know, like, if you're so, yeah. if you've got that much time on your hands, teach them how to sign their name because kids don't know how to do that anymore. But anyways, it, it causes outrage. The left puts pressure on Disney, who, you know, have a 40 by 40 mile uh, self-governing zone within the state of Florida. Uh, so Disney comes out against the don't say gay law, which is a pro-grooming law. Look, if you want to talk to little kids about sex and gender against your parents' wishes, 10 years ago, you'd be thrown in jail. Now they want yep. it codified into law. So yeah. Disney comes out uh, and says that they're against, I don't know. DeSantis keep prohibiting people from grooming kids. And so he says, that's fine. Okay, I guess, since you're going to spread disinformation about us, um, you get you lose your privileges. You get to be like everybody else. Because uh, yeah. there's something a little bit creepy, by the way, about a pro-family, uh, pro-kid uh, business, big, enormous business, with so much of what they do focused at kids being on the side of the groomers here. So yeah. good for Ron DeSantis, treats him like everybody else. The left rallies on the side of big business. And now um, people are going through and quitting their jobs from companies that may have donated to DeSantis. So I saw on Twitter some activist kid or whatever. I guess in his real life, he begs groceries at Publix. Um, and But he's like a left-wing activist kid, but he, I guess he doesn't get all the big money that a lot of left-wing activists get. He's still got to have a job. And he's like, I quit my job at Publix after five years. Still bagging groceries after five years? Okay, you know what? I'm happy he's got an honest day's work, whatever. But he quit his job because Publix donated to DeSantis. Yeah. You know, like, what is the point here? <laughs> you Now you're unemployed. And you're probably going to apply to the state that you don't like, the government of the state, yeah. for uh, welfare. Congratulations. Well, Paid for, by the way, by big business. Yeah. It's literally, it's just manufactured outrage. Like, this thing is absolutely ridiculous. And like you said, not long ago, that would have been unilateral. But now, yeah. now apparently, people are okay with grooming. Uh, we've seen this, and we're going to talk about another story very shortly here about consent. But the, the type of content that is being pushed on kids, there's been all these videos on social media of people being like, well, I can't tell my elementary school students about my relationship with my same-sex partner. <laughs> don't. I never, when I went to school with my straight teachers or gay teachers or whatever the heck they may have been, they weren't like, so this weekend, my husband brought home a nice Chardonnay. Do you know like, how I knew that my teachers were married and had kids? 
if the kids got out of the car with them at school. Like, yeah. and their kids went to the same school. Or I saw them at church, and I was like, oh, there's Mr. Kalal and his family. Or there, he's sitting with his family, and he goes up to do the reading at church. That's how I put together who was who in the family. I didn't want yeah. to hear about it, and I liked it that way. Well, and I know someone, someone the other day on Twitter, to give full credit, I, I wish I remembered who it was, but they were saying, like, if you had these conversations in the workplace, it'd be considered sexual harassment, but these people want to have it with kids in schools. And this is an a condemnation of That of was a reasonable... little medalist Jamie Soleil who said that. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, and I knew it was someone of, of, of note, but it's absolutely just shocking to see that this is what people are outraged about. Like this, this should just be one of those sensible, like, well, yeah, that's not really the age for that. But I mean, you, you look at these progressives, like you look at the sex ed curriculum that was that they attempted to pass under the McGinty government, I yeah. believe that I convicted pedophile Benjamin Levin, wrote and contributed to that sex ed curriculum uh it then under kathleen and, and when i think it was it actually came into yep. effect and then after that alberta borrowed from that sex ed curriculum so you literally have pedophiles writing sex ed curriculums people who coach people on how to abuse their own children writing sex ed curriculums and no one has a problem with that but then desantis says well maybe up until eight we shouldn't be talking about all this stuff we can do some basic biological stuff maybe but we shouldn't be talking having these conversations that is the only sensible opinion that you can have on this matter and i'm all for conversations i think that there is some nuance and some discussion about when discussing sexuality do we talk about just the biology at what point do we start talking about relationships like what is the appropriate threshold for that that's a conversation that we have to have but it isn't pushing LGBTQ ideology on kids under the age of eight. That much I can assure you of, and there's no room for wiggler nuance there. And I, I think when we say that people think this is stuff, this stuff is acceptable, I actually think we're oversampling there. And it's because you and I watch the internet outrage on this. I think Hollywood is fine with it. You know, Hollywood mm -hmm. that hid Weinstein and Epstein um, mm -hmm. were perfectly fine with all of that. They were happy to see young starlets molested. Um, Someone else had a 40 by 40 mile island, I think. Yeah. No, it was a little bit you smaller, know, but there's some comparables. Yeah. I mean, these are the people who kept their mouths shut. Who's that uh, billionaire from Winnipeg? Peter Nygaard also kept their okay, mouth yeah. shut about Peter Nygaard. Yeah, same yeah. people. You know, all these weirdos with your private island, they just love that. They kept their mouths shut about that because it was it furthered their career. They're the ones who are now telling us that they know best about what we need to do as parents to protect our kids from people like that. And I think that they are, once again, grossly misunderestimating the mama bear sentiment out there. Loudoun yeah. County was a great example of this. Loudoun County, it mushroomed out of Loudoun County to the entire state of Virginia. They flipped the state, a deep Democrat state. Republicans are running the show now because it engaged people who were apolitical, but said, this is my one issue. My kids, yeah. stay away from my kids. And so I think Hollywood is mis... They're underestimating this. And I think the share price uh, with Disney is a is a good gauge of this, uh, that Disney yeah. and Hollywood are really disconnected about what normal people think. And this is how you make, you know, Democrats, Reagan Democrats, this is how you get them voting hard Republican all the time. This is how you radicalize those people against you.
and this is the thing. I mean, the, the progressives, they aren't sensible. They don't engage in rationality very often. They'll go to extremes on issues we've seen with lots of the BLM stuff. And don't get me wrong, there is a lot of sort of institutional racism. We're not pretending that that doesn't exist in some faculties. But the stories that they rile up sometimes, once the facts come out, they don't they don't align with the the story they're trying to tell. There's a hundred valid examples, but they're so political that they're they're like, oh no, this is the story that we're trying to tell now. But they've lost track of that sort of reality. But we've we've seen on this issue, once you go after kids, the mums become awake. We saw this with the original Benjamin Levin in the sex ed curriculum. The mums yeah. just and, and this was like immigrant communities, um, longstanding farming communities, whatever it may be. Yep. They're like, we're not taking our kids to school. Get this out of here. And they won. You go after kids kids and that's what that's what progressives do they're not rational they're just going to be aggressive and there's no uh there's no oh well we, we we've come to a point where we're accepted so we're going to stop it's not rational they'll perpetually keep pushing and and they can't control themselves and once they push back on kids i think this disney line that they've crossed this classroom line that they've crossed is once again going to wake up the mama bears and you just don't win because that very often these these folks they're they're so busy they're in the household they're taking care of the family or they're working while taking care of the family whatever it is that they may be doing they're they're often very busy and they're very focused on that but when they're focused on their family if you cross that line and threaten their family that focus on their family gets turned towards fighting off those intruders um and, and they lose they lose every single time the other thing too is not only that but the, those uh those wives those moms whatever it may be they get their husbands activated then too they definitely oh, yeah. set the bar for society um to paraphrase Fulton Sheen but that they're they're like nope this isn't going to happen and then it quite simply uh, doesn't speaking of which mother's day is coming up yeah, very segue very soon and guys don't sit there don't wait for the last possible minute if you're watching this if you're in a rebel household we have some incredible stuff sheila wears it all the time lots of our uh folks wear it i know my wife my mom yep. they've got the stuff there's these really Baby. nice women's cuts <laughs> babies baby stuff there's women's cut shirts on there there's mugs there's all sorts of incredible stuff at rebelnewsstore.com uh, we actually also have a promotion right now where it's buy one get one 25 percent off and i think it's mom 25 is the code for that um so get an order and you can get something for mom you can get something for grandma look at those nice shirts uh, that's incredible and when you do this you're getting them a meaningful gift lots of moms maybe wouldn't go out and get this for themselves but they're big rebel supporters and it helps us in a couple ways one we have all these cool moms out there rocking rebel gear maybe some other moms yep. or their friends who don't know about Rebel, but they're not really buying mainstream media, they check it out and they're like, what's, what's this about? Um, two, when you purchase these shirts and you're getting a great deal with this code, um, but it actually goes to support our independent journalism. We don't steal money through your taxes. Uh, we just yeah. we just say, hey, if you want to support us, grab a shirt, sign up for Rebel News Plus. So go to rebelnewsstore.com, get something now. I'd get the order in as soon as possible to make sure that it's here. Get something for the kids too. If mom has a Rebel shirt, you know the uh, kids are going to want one too. I got to order some of these for my kids too for sure those yeah. are so good um and yeah so check it out rebelnewstore.com get the mom grandma whatever it may be in your life one of these awesome shirts my son said he wants that my mom is a rebel shirt but in like a grown-up size because yeah. we only have it in kids sizes right now it's niche um, but it's niche yeah well, my kid's almost 24 and he's like, yeah, I'll wear that to work. Yeah. <laughs> so I know um, Kian yeah. has one of the stickers. I don't think we have them on the store anymore, but the, I'm a rebel sticker. And it's like, he really is. <laughs> he gets out and people yeah. go, Hey, whoa, you're <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, those used to be bumper stickers in our store. But uh, we should also suggest uh, to people that they should put their order in um, because I think the promotion ends at the end of the month. But we have free worldwide shipping. So yeah. take advantage of that. Um, you can get something for your you know, your wife, your kids, grandma, mother-in-law. Don't forget the mother-in-law. Um, Yourself yeah. while you're at it. Well, yeah, mom wouldn't be happy with a whole family of matching shirts. That's just too cute. You know what? There's a good anniversary picture. Not that weird yeah. thing that Justin yes. Trudeau did. <laughs> exactly. For sure. <laughs> now, before we uh, did our little store talk, you were talking about your homes being invaded um, yeah. by weird progressive ideology, but they can also be physically invaded by, you know, burglars, home invaders. Weird progressives. <laughs> Weird progressives, and if that happens in the state of Florida, you know, God help the burglars. We have, you know, and I often think like, okay, if Ron DeSantis does become the next president of the United States, what will fill that vacuum? Well, the good news is in Florida, there are a ton of elected sheriffs who would make really, really great governors. And this is one of them. Uh, we have this clip from an official press conference. And as a Canadian, it's like watching something from another planet. Because you know those people are out there. You know they exist. But you know you'll never hear it in your own country. Let's take a listen to this. And I want to say, uh, as to the person, we don't know what homeowner, which homeowner shot at him. Um, I guess they think that they did something wrong, which they did not. If somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer <laughs> that you do, actually. Um, so whoever that was, you're not in trouble. Come see us. We have a gun safety class we put on every other Saturday. And if you take that, you'll shoot a lot better, and hopefully you'll save the taxpayers' money. So with that, questions? And I want to Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. you want to know what the questions were? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you know the, uh, it was probably like, do you recommend a 9 millimeter or <laughs> um, You know, the, the incredible thing about this is, and this is like how far we have slipped as a society. Obviously, if you can avoid killing someone, that's ideal. <laughs> that's the Christian thing to do. But probably 40 years ago, well, if someone's breaking into your house, of course, maybe give them a warning. And if they continue, that's protecting your property, protecting your family. That would have been a given. It was get the gun. No one would have batted an eyelash at that. No doubt people out there think this is crazy now like it, yeah. canada canada you literally have like someone can break into your house and you're like enjoy please can i make you a sandwich you can't, that's what they expect you to do you can't do anything you can't do anything yeah. and if you do do something you end up getting yeah. sued by the guy you winged and yeah. you get dragged to court you are the one yeah. who's in trouble um for attempted murder or whatever that that by the way was sheriff bob johnson in 2020 he ran unopposed, as in nobody. No wonder. This is, I wonder why. This is second term as the yeah. elected county sheriff there. And in 2020, nobody even bothered to oppose him. Um, and yeah. I love his philosophy of like, look, come get some gun training so you don't miss next time. You want to make sure that you hit center mass. Um, and then he made the fiscal argument for it. So I'm all ears. Uh, Florida remains well, the best state in the republic. And the, the other sort of thing here is it's it's literally it doesn't actually have anything to do with what he's saying with shooting burglars. It's if there is a prominent threat within society of if you yeah. rob somebody or break into their house, 
you're going to get blown away. People would stop robbing people and breaking into their house. Cause it's like the police response time is like seven minutes. I can get in and out in seven minutes. You call, I, I want to remind people they're anti-gun progressives. The reason you're calling the police is because they have guns. Yeah. That's why you're calling the police because they have yeah. guns. If you're safe and you have a gun, it eliminate the middleman. Yeah. And the cops aren't going to yeah. get there in time to keep your family safe. Why trust somebody else with your personal safety? I'm yeah. highly confident that I could probably take care of myself if the state would let me. Um, I've gone to the gun range with cops and Alberta sheriffs. I'm not going to name them. But I've been there at the gun range just shooting. And the sheriffs are taking their training at the same time. Those guys couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. They'd be better off throwing their service pistol at the bad guy. Because, I mean, it's just like watching them shoot was like, does that guy have a problem with his hands and one of his hands on backwards? Like, it was just really hard to watch. And I thought, these are the guys who get to wear a gun to work every day. Why don't I get to wear a gun to work every day? I'm at least more proficient. Anyway. If people want more uh, Florida sheriffs uh, talking smack about bad guys, just go on a YouTube uh, rabbit hole looking for Sheriff Grady Judd. Um, He's amazing. Very much like Bob Johnson. Same like pro-gun, pro-citizen, pro-public safety. Uh, We're here to protect you and then also leave you alone, which is exactly what you want from a cop. We're here to ensure that people leave you alone, including us. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's the police Um, mission statement that I want. Mark Neufeld, come on. I want to move to that town. Speaking of police not leaving you alone um, and political policing, why don't you tell us what's going on in Calgary, what went on in Calgary this weekend, because we saw the unequal policing happening in real time. Yeah, one law for me, one for the, as Arthur Pawlowski has been saying all along. Um, So there's this injunction in place still against these peaceful protests. I'll remind everyone that the protests were going for two years virtually without incident, next to no violence, no arrests. They were in cooperation with the police. The police would guide walks. The few weeks the police said we can't do a walk this week, they wouldn't do walks. It was the it was two years of like picture perfect peaceful protesting. Um, Jyoti Gondek suddenly uh, a month and a half, two months ago, has a temper tantrum on Twitter and decries these people and says that they're violent and that they're disruptive and all this stuff. Keep in mind they did an, uh, they were in a park and then they walked for an hour through communities. So they brought about this anti-protesting injunction that limited marches, limited access, limited use to amplification, limited effectively it was a direct attack on these protests. Now that's concerning enough, but then we saw this glaring hypocritical double standard where if there was a pro-Palestinian protest or a pro-Ukraine protest or a flames game, whatever it may be, they could be breaking every single one of those rules and there'd be accommodations. But just this one group, these freedom protesters, they'd be targeted, enforced, ticketed. In fact, they were giving tickets out just for honking. And then when people started honking in defense of the pro-Palestinian protests that was actually illegally taking place in the park while the legal protest was taking place also, in the city. The... While, while calls for genocide were being heard just like yeah. openly. <laughs> yeah. They put away their books. They stopped writing down license plates because they couldn't confirm whether the honks were pro-Palestinian or pro-freedom. And they didn't want to by accident give a ticket to a pro-Palestinian honker. 
So it's absolutely right. insane. And it has nothing to do with silence. It has nothing to do with respect. So this weekend, I believe Comic-Con was in town. Celine was on location. Um, and they basically, I know that they originally planned to do a parade full on in complete uh, violation of the injunction. I guess it snowed quite a bit. So instead they blocked off the road, blocked off the sidewalks, used amplification for Comic-Con effectively. Um, so they had all these people out in costumes, blocking the roads, doing all this stuff. No ish, no ticketing, nothing. Cause I guess freedom, freedom, is, is, is not kosher to protest for, but uh, Gandalf heading to the streets, which, by the way, Gandalf would have been leading the March for Freedom. That is completely allowed. That's completely tolerable. It, it's this glaring double standard. Um, we are going to have something on this for everyone tomorrow. Not quite ready to roll, but uh, not exactly taking it... Uh, taking it without some action. So there will be an update shortly on this injunction for everybody out there. But again, such a glaring double standard and it's just further evidence and to an undeniable extent that we are seeing politicians who profess to, oh, well, Tyler Shander, Jason Kennedy, we didn't ask anybody to go after Arthur Poblowski. He's just randomly, continuously targeted without cease. Um, we didn't, Geo Gondek goes on a Twitter tantrum a week later, this one protest she's mad about is being attacked by the police forces. These police forces have become a security wing for politicians. They aren't upholding the criminal code. They aren't upholding the charter. They aren't applying the test of law. They're just acting on the whims of politicians and making examples of people and it's pretty disappointing yeah there's the uh, tweet from joe tigondek which one of the tweets i replied well that's not what happened and she immediately blocked me i didn't say anything even remotely disrespectful i said well this is dis this is inaccurate and uh this is not what happened in any way shape or form blocked immediately because apparently conversations are not tolerated anymore very sad to see um many of us big time i mean i still am a big like thin blue line back those guys there's lots of good cops most of us are probably pretty historically well back the i mean there's there's issues there's problems but we're generally going to stand by cops but uh what mark newfelt and these politicians are doing in police forces of ottawa the damage that they've done to policing is irreparable um shockingly the amount of damage they've done going a long way to reinforce this defund the police narrative which what we need is training and well-equipped police who are not uh who are willing to say no to an order that goes against the the law in this country. That's what we need principled cops, um, not politically activated cops. It's been like this since the very beginning though. You know, yeah. when everybody is locked down, you can't open your business, uh, you can't have a public gathering, anything like that. But you could have thousands of people marching in the streets for BLM, you have politicians yeah. taking a knee for BLM, the cops yeah. taking a knee during BLM, while yeah. protesters at the legislature were being hauled away by the sheriffs because yeah. they were violating public gathering restrictions. We had the NDP in Edmonton speaking at the BLM event yeah. while yeah. they're well, we, in the legislature calling for your business to be closed. We literally saw, I think it was May 31st, Dina Hinshaw last year, May 31st, they, or was it the, yeah, last year, they made a new law when there was pro-Palestinian protests so that they could protest. Gathering was illegal. Everything was illegal. The other protests that people were having, that people were attending, were illegal. Chris Scott, Arthur Poblowski. But a week later, the Palestinian pro-Palestinian crowd wanted to protest, and therefore they passed a, a, an amendment saying, oh, well, that they can protest. It's insane. Yeah. The thing that's absolutely like unbelievable for me is like I don't know how these politicians, I mean, they must, how they 
justify this in their brains. Like, like the amount of people in the city who are happy with this and go along with it and think that it's fine and it was just safety measures for everyone's safety. Well, if it was safety measures for everyone's safety, it wouldn't have been completely selectively enforced on certain ideological groups. Because, by the way, uh, the things don't spread based on ideological groupings. Um, but that they, they, they sure seem to enforce based on that. So uh, there's some distinct patterns. Certainly freedom protests and pastors seem to be the only ones targeted throughout all of this illegal concerts, other faith groups. Yeah. The same thing. These are the same people who say that, uh, and I'm running up to the line with YouTube, yep. but these are the same people who say church is a super spreader event. Um, but going to Walmart and touching everything on the shelves, rubbing your nose, pulling down your mask, rubbing your nose, touching the craft dinner, putting your mask back up, and then putting the craft dinner back on because you changed your mind, um, that's fine. But people gathering together to worship God, that's the problem with these people. And then they keep telling me to follow the science, and I'm trying, but, but then, I can't. But then it isn't even just people coming together and worshiping God, because, well, I, I believe that, but— people got together and worshiped other gods or their gods and that was completely acceptable it, it's so it's so glaringly nefariously evident and we saw this yeah. and we've talked about this before Jer while pastor arthur Pulaski was being arrested and harassed there was far larger denominations engaging in other religions um mm -hmm. which we're not going to get into because i don't want anyone to be targeted i think everyone should be left alone engaging exactly. in far greater violations of the exact same rules mere blocks away jason kenny broke the rules he said sorry he didn't get charged with contempt of court uh, there's just this glaring ridiculous double standard and the government just needs to say yeah we really botched this everything is done we're moving on there, there's no other like the, the legal repercussions from this are going to be decades because there was just this absolutely uneven application of the law um and it's 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 again it's in this injunction it's it's sad the whole world looked on at what happened in ottawa with the trucker convoy with like horror they looked at the arrest of pastor arthur Pulowski with horror police forces in canada were like well that's a good idea we should emulate yeah, let's that do more of that let's, let's do, do that more. yeah yeah this yeah. this got a lot of clicks on youtube we should do that it seems popular yeah yeah Unreal. Speaking of which, I'm I'm currently working on a story that I think people might be interested in. I don't want to give yeah. too much of it away, but it is about the remember back when the Bachelorette was going to be filmed in Alberta. Uh, that yes. was in January of 2021 when the news sort of got leaked out that you couldn't uh, book a, a hotel room basically in Jasper because the film production team had booked them all up. But then sort of things got a little bit, and then they, I think they eventually ended up going to New Mexico where the science is different, apparently. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have all it's the documents. It's a mountain air. It's troubling. I have all the documents. And what we know or what we were allowed to know versus what they were doing and when they yeah. started doing it behind the scenes will in infuriate you and it, this is personal to me because during that time um we could only have 10 people at my mom's funeral in a church that seats over 800 people um but the government was doing everything they could to trip over themselves to bring hollywood to alberta so stay tuned for that because we have all the documents um because we're asking questions nobody else is uh yeah. we have 13 it's called journalism show 
Yeah, it's journalism. I'm, I, I, I saw those documents. I'm very much looking forward to that report, though. I've Crazy. gone back and I've looked at, I before we got on the call here, I looked at all the press conferences in and around the time that things started happening for The Bachelorette. The timeline is going to make you so mad. <laughs> so, you were, so I guarantee mad. you are making loud noises and slamming papers while you were... Oh, while I, you were, I had yeah, to... Yeah. Yeah, I had to Muffle put on yourself. laughing at, at Amber Heard's lawyer just so I could feel better <laughs> for yeah. a minute. Um, do we have any uh, chats that we need to get to there, producer friends? Okay, maybe you can send those. And in the meantime, we will perhaps talk about this Blacklock story while you're digging those up and sending to us. Uh, the one about the CBC pundit yeah if you wouldn't mind it's you know it, the thing that's absolutely unbelievable here is right as there's more and more scrutiny particularly with some candidates uh, in the conservative leadership uh saying like it's time to defund the cbc or privatize the cbc or we need serious reform or there's obviously a conflict of interest um i think pierre leslin uh Bourgo, and a few others uh, Baber, I believe, as well, have overtly said they didn't want to defund the CBC. Um, right when there's all this additional scrutiny on the billions being spent on media that nobody watches, a glaring conflict of interest, um, journalists who are supposed to be holding the government accountable are not so that they can get more money from the government. It's basically bribing going on. We're seeing contracts being awarded to CBC pundits under the justification that 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 there's no public interest in opening contracts by the way generally you open up to see if there's other options available you can save some money who can provide apparently that is not in the public interest what's in the public interest under the liberals and under justin trudeau is handing cash out to your buddies and hoping nobody catches you but they they caught them yeah to your friends and sycophants and there's yeah. this story has an extra layer of grossness in it because it also involves the as uh, Ezra calls it the Indian industry or the indigenous suffering industry, where these people are reconciliation experts, um, yeah. where they just sort of get in the middle because they see that there's money to be had um, pushing the idea of reconciliation. It, it reminds me of uh, those people who advocate, <clears throat> excuse me, advocate for drug um what they call it harm reduction which is just giving drugs to addicts which is yeah. the exact opposite of what they need and then they just sort of get government funding to get in the middle of all this but they never there's no uh incentive to solve the problem because if they solve yeah. the problem then their consultancy fees go away so naturally they're like no we need harm reduction not harm elimination we yeah. need uh reconciliation consultants instead of just getting reconciliation done um, yeah. This person is one of those people. So from Blacklocks, from behind their paywall, um, this if you are not a subscriber to Blacklocks, this is one of the best few hundred dollars you'll spend in a year. Uh, Governor General Mary Simon's office awarded a $96,000 contract to a CBC pundit who told a network audience that Simon was the perfect appointee. A CBC ethics code forbids undisclosed payments to on-air commentators. So she's out there stumping for Mary Simon, but also getting money from Mary Simon at the exact same time and not telling the viewer any of this. And CBC's like, eh, it's fine. Rito Hall documents confirm the payments to Mary Wilson of Yellowknife as a reconciliation consultant. Then 
what does even that mean? What does that person do? A $96,000 payment covering a 10 months work expires next month. It was not in the public interest to solicit bids, wrote the governor general's office. Wilson is a former CBC executive. These people never get out of the public sector. They just mill no. around. Anyways, who previously well, less money for more work. Who would? This keeps going, though. She was a CBC executive who previously worked with the governor general's husband. It's fine. Wilson <laughs> in 2016. Oh, it gets worse. In 2016, was named a Trudeau Foundation mentor and in 2017 was appointed a CBC director. Wilson also attended the governor general's swearing in last July 26 and subsequently praised the appointment in an August 7th CBC radio broadcast of the program, The House. Don't worry, nobody listened to it anyway. Uh, Wilson's contract was formally signed August 16th. It was not disclosed at the time. Just wow. This hits every, this checks all the boxes, yeah. right? Trudeau yeah. Foundation, CBC, untendered yeah. contracts undisclosed conflicts of interest. This is just everything I hate about the government just in one story. Yeah. Well, and you know what the, like, it's ridiculous and we can have a laugh at this story, but on numerous levels, it is so nefarious and insidious. That's our taxpayers money. And this is on the most, the most innocuous level. That is our taxpayer money being given to some activists for agreeing and, and basically being sycophants yep. for the Trudeau foundation. But I, I'd extend this, and suggest that this is why there's not clean drinking water for indigenous communities in this country. Sure. This is the root of so many of our problems because instead of getting anything done, instead of having open source bidding contracts to get water, wells, water treatment stations, whatever it may be done by the people who can do it most effectively, Sundance Construction, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they're, they're going to these, these old corporate cottage industries and in the indigenous community, they'll call it cottage industries. Trudeau and his buddies meet up at their cottages by the lakes. They hand out contracts. They never source them to the public or they source them to the same three friends and kind of divvy it up evenly. Yep. Um, those companies that then behooves them to not provide solutions for these communities because if you can temporarily fix some something or instead of updating uh, an existing system that would be a three million dollar fix say you have to tear it all down and develop a new four million dollar or 40 million dollar system um, and then knowing that that 40 million dollar system the uv rays reacts with the sulfur and actually makes the water carcinogenic and then that's another problem to fix um, it's the lack of accountability and it's the lack of sort of fact seeking in these institutions where it's just friends paying friends and creating problems is why kids can't take baths more than once every two weeks on some of these uh in some of these communities because the water is acidic it's absolutely sickening and this has existed in government but it's incredible how quickly we talked about the communistic trend within society. This degree of it is the type of thing you see in Castro's Cuba or in the Soviet um, countries or in China in full on Chinese communism style situations. And it's, it's getting that bad in Canada and people are suffering as a result. Um, people aren't willing to look at the facts as government is not interested in fixing solutions. Um, they're interested in, in maintaining, like you said, and it's interesting how many different niches you see this happening. You talked about providing drugs and harm reduction. You talked about truth and reconciliation. There's never an end to anything because then the jobs would go away. And this is like one of those actors at CBC who just, none of their shows are successes, but they keep on getting shows and getting paid. Um, that, that's what's happening on a sort of macro level 
with this government. It's happened for a long time, but it's gotten so, so much worse under Justin Trudeau. And uh, here's hoping that it won't last too much longer. You know, this whole, what you're talking about happening on reserves, it's replicated, like I said, exactly in the harm reduction strategy happening in Vancouver that they want to, that hasn't worked there in 20 years, by the way, that they want to roll over yeah. cities all across the country. It's like, things are as bad as ever there. Yeah. Why do you want to do this everywhere else? But it was the Portland Hotel Society. And I remember it so clearly because the NDP were involved in that the woman the man who is the head of the Portland Hotel Society, which is like the harm reduction people there, she, uh, Jenny Kwan, uh, her husband was the head of it, I think. I think they've subsequently divorced, probably to save her political career. But they were going to Europe, Disneyland, wherever, charging limos, taking limos, charging it all back to the Portland Hotel Society, which was getting money from the provincial government to administer these harm reduction programs. They had no incentive to actually solve the problem of people overdosing and dying and yeah. getting them treatment because then their expense accounts dry up. Yeah, NDP Jenny Kwan went to Portland Hotel Society funded Disneyland and Europe trips. Yeah family trip you're taking the kids to disneyland and you don't think anything's weird about expensing this to the harm reduction yeah. society it's all the same and, you it's, can't solve it's the problem. so rampant yeah. yeah it is so rampant and it's like the just, i mean it's shocker there's this mentality among progressives that like the government is more sensible than people no the government will spend 20 dollars on an apple that you can go buy at the store for 89 cents that's government yeah, in a nutshell pay somebody's expenses to go down there and pick it up <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's shocking and it's uh it's so emblematic of what is going on. We need massive reduction in government because it's just getting worse and worse and worse and with some of these new wacky sort of ideas being pushed, UBI whatever else it may be, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And the worst thing is, is these people dare to have the audacity to pretend that they're advocating for the middle class while their massive expenditures are causing inflation, causing the house prices to double under Justin Trudeau on average utter hypocrisy it's gross yeah well like this reconciliation expert or consultant sorry i won't call her an mm -hmm. expert she's the only thing she's an expert at is milk in the taxpayer for a career yeah. um a hundred thousand dollars as a reconciliation consultant that hundred thousand dollars could have gone a long way on a reserve yeah, yeah. um i wonder how many hours uh, she worked yeah i'd love an hourly that. breakdown yeah yeah i would like to see some tangibles please because that's what yeah. they do in the private sector yeah. Um, Olivia, I'm going to skip over Fraser's first comment there just because I think it will cause us to run afoul of the YouTube sensors and we've kept the show on for this long that I don't want to remove us. And Fraser, I'm really sorry. You know, we love you. You're, you know, one of our most loyal viewers and watchers, but I'm just yeah. going to skip over that one just so that I don't get everybody in trouble. Um, and then end our YouTube existence. Sorry, Fraser, but appreciate the uh, five bucks. So thank you very much. So we'll go to Fraser's second comment uh, that begins with in the 1960s. Perfect. In the 1960s, I worked as a bag boy at 75 cents an hour. Now we have to bag our own groceries and pay for the bags ourselves. How I wish I lived in Florida. How about you? You know, you got to ring yourself in too. Like that's yeah. the thing. I, sometimes for spite, I'm like, I'm carrying two things. I'm going to wait in this darn yeah. line because there's yeah. no incentive for me to go ring myself in. Yeah. Like if you gave me a 10% discount, 
on my groceries because you don't have to pay a human being to ring me through. I'm listening. But if I got to go ring myself in so that you save money, I'm not sure I like that. Um, yeah. Sometimes I just wait in a line for spite. And I realize I'm wasting my own time, but I don't care. I'm proving a point. People in the 60s were like, oh, yeah, can you imagine in like 2022? Um, they're they're going to have the airplanes. It's going to be so like we can smoke and have cars. a meal on an airplane. And <laughs> we're going to we're so comfortable. Imagine what it's going to be like in the future. And like all oh, the, the groceries, the things we are going to have access to. But if they were to jump ahead to 2022, what we have now is straws that don't last for half a drink. So uh, not quite as shiny a future as we thought. Paper straws. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. said we were going to have flying cars, and instead we've got a robot that rings in your groceries, but you still have to operate it. Yeah. And it doesn't save you any money at all. Anyway. Uh, Tank Shop Steve gives us 30 bucks. Holy heck, thanks very much. Um, good morning, Sheila. Yeah, no kidding. Good morning, Sheila. I saw you post on Twitter a Jerry Can keychain, and I saw Leslie Lewis post the same thing. Where can I get one? If you go, I don't have the young lady's contact information, but if you go back on my Twitter feed where you saw that, just go to search the media. You don't want to put up with all my tweets and scroll back. Just go to the media section on my Twitter feed and just go back and you should find uh, the photo I posted. I posted her little Etsy store business card there. So you should be able to find mm -hmm. her on Etsy there. Um, but I just didn't want to give out like this 10-year-old girl's phone number and email address. But you can contact her Etsy store because I think her parents help her manage that. So there's a grown-up on the other end of that. So if you go back, you should be able to find um, find her contact information. Um, yeah, she's 10 years old. She's, I guess she's doing like crazy business on them. Like it says on one side, uh, Jerry can, Trudeau can't. <laughs> so That's it's kind great. of fun. It's, just, it's like a drink box, water bottle sort of thing. So anyways, <laughs> uh, sorry, I can't be more help, but she's also 10 years old. So I don't want to give out her, her phone number and stuff. You're not Disney. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not Disney. I'm not a groomer. Uh, JPH1944 uh, gives us a buck. How can Trudeau claim cabinet confidentiality to block an investigation into his invoking the Emergencies Act? What could possibly be confidential? So this is a catch-all that uh, the federal government does because it's even more um, of a catch-all than claiming, oh, personal information because usually when they claim personal information they you make them draw a line through the personal information and then give you everything that's not personal information uh redact email addresses phone numbers whatever but this they know that sometimes discussions within cabinet are confidential they're not subject to access to information including those memos and things like that and so they sort of put everything they don't want you to know underneath all that and i think there will have been some conscientious objectors within cabinet saying, what are you doing? This is crazy. We can't do this. And I think if they release those documents, you would see the people who remain normal or at least are hanging on to a shred of normalcy and decency within the cabinet versus Trudeau and Freeland who are like, no, we need to drop the hammer down. We need to go full Venezuela on these protesters. And, uh, I think that's it. They just don't want the public to see the divide that unfolded within caucus um, because I think it would cost some of those people some of those people their jobs within caucus, but also some of the like pro pro crackdown people, I think they wouldn't want those discussions made public. Uh, and we've got one from Kane Enmark gives us two bucks. You, Adam, 
were blocked by the Calgary mayor's account because you are white. I don't think so. I think she just doesn't I think it's because like, I was um, right. Right, exactly. I think she just doesn't like criticism. And so yeah. as a as a touchy public official who will out of one side of her mouth claim that journalists need to be treated fairly and they should be able to hold politicians to account, she'll block the ones that try to hold her to account, that don't kiss her yeah. feet as the, you know, female mayor of Calgary, la di da, like we're supposed to care at this point. So that's what I think. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think we're all caught up and we're five minutes past the hour and I have a lot of access to information documents to read and a couple of meetings to get to. Um, Adam, thank you so much for being my co-host today. Thank you everybody at home who tuned in. Thank you to everybody in the studio in Toronto, including the people behind the scenes who work really hard to make sure that we are published and available for you to watch us wherever you might find us. Thank you to everybody who pitched in a little bit to keep the lights on. Sorry, Fraser, I couldn't read that one comment. Um, but I just didn't want to be the one who destroyed the channel. I always assumed it would be David Menzies, and I, <laughs> I'm holding to that. Um, and as my friend David Menzies says, stay sane. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time of your busy lives to come and listen to what I have to say here tonight. You know, I've heard from so many truckers that were in Ottawa that Joe was the guy who was there making sure they had a roof over their head, kind of quietly doing things behind the scenes to make sure that that effort could go off. That says a lot. Back in a time when he was phoning other MPs to come out and to show their support and nobody returned the calls, he was there on the front lines making sure that that happened. Those freedom fighters were supported in the ways that they needed. Because Joseph is the only candidate in the race who's not connected to the World Economic Forum mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form. So that's why I'm here. And the biggest reason why we're in this state is because of the World Economic Forum. And if you want to call me a conspiracy theorist, just go to Klaus Schwab's video where he tells the world that basically half of the government of Canada belongs to the World Economic Forum. Thank you, everybody.